Welcome, welcome, welcome to part three of our series, The Evil Around Us. My name is Dee Bowers with Exposing Truth Ministries in Houston, Texas. Our ministry's mission is to expose the truth by exposing the lies of Satan. In our last episode, we exposed Satan and all the myths we have been taught. In this episode titled, Did Satan Create Sin?, I want to discuss a subject that is highly debated by many people. The subject is evil and where did it come from? God tells us where it came from, but there are those that refute what he says. We have evil people, evil situations, and evil actions. Evil starts in the heart and affects the mind. We are surrounded by evil that sometimes overshadow whatever good that we see and experience. We are born with the ability to plot evil, think evil, and perform it. It is not a thing that we can just remove and destroy. It is a part of our genetic makeup. We all know that God is good and no evil or sin dwells in him. So why did God give us the ability to sin? I remember as a little girl, the pastor of a church I visited saying that, God did not create evil. Well, he had previously told us that Satan was evil. So I asked him, who created Satan? I even had a minister tell me that Satan was the creator of all evil from the beginning. As a child, I thought, how did Satan put evil in us? I remember taking some money off my mother's dresser and thinking, wow, Satan must have touched me with that pitchfork of sin. Many of my questions were never answered until I studied for myself. People have gone so far to say God is not sovereign in order to explain evil in a world with a holy God. Before I start digging in the weeds, I would like us to take note of two scriptures that are of great significance in this study. The first scripture is in Isaiah, and it is one that most people have not read or they just plain ignore. I rarely hear anyone preach on this scripture. When I first read it, it was a little difficult to digest, only because I have been told that God did not create evil. But in Isaiah 45, verse 7, God says, He created evil. It's not a complicated statement. There's no difficult words to interpret. Plain and simple, He says, He created evil. And the other scripture is in Colossians. It says, God created all things that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Take note, I put emphasis on by him and for him because God takes responsibility for what he has created. And it includes invisible and evil spirits. These two scriptures have been debated because people don't want to believe what God has said. The question is, why can we not accept it? Both scriptures have been analyzed, dissected, and explained from every direction possible. When I read them, they seem pretty straightforward to me. God created evil, and he created everything on earth and in heaven. 
I know half the people listening to this are accusing me of heresy. But truth cannot be dismissed based on your feelings. When I tell people that God created all things, including evil, I am sometimes told that evil is not a thing. It is a choice or an action. Okay, all right. Evil is not a thing. But when God created things, all the things were made up of attributes which God the creator gave. It is not difficult and it is no different than when a scientist creates an invention, he decides what functions it will perform and the invention cannot do anything that has not been given to it. Everyone holds the scientist responsible for his creation. When a pharmaceutical company creates a drug that kills people or has disabling side effects, do we excuse the company or is it the company's responsibility? In the Hebrew Bible, the word Ra is used in the scripture where God says he creates evil. When we look at the concordance data for the word Ra, it does mean evil, but it also carries the following variants. Bad, distress, misery, injury, and calamity. Depending on what Bible version you read, we find Isaiah using three different words for the word evil, but they all mean the same. Let's look at what King James Version says. King James Version, Isaiah 45, 7, it says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, if you look at the NASB, the word calamity is used instead of the word evil. And if you look at the MSG Bible, the word discord is used instead of the word evil. We really try hard to dismiss what God has said, but there is really no way around it. Evil, calamity, or discord, take your pick. They all are very troublesome. I was reading a commentary from a well-known theologian on the book of Amos. The target scripture of the commentary is, is in Amos 3, where the Lord says, he will cause disaster to come on a city. In the footnote, the theologian noted the word disaster, meaning evil, but immediately following, he, comment, he put a comment in there that says, God is the creator of peace and calamity, but that does not mean he is the author of evil. But rather, we need to look at it as if he brings disaster or adversity on individuals and nations as punishment. Another scripture that many teachers have difficulty explaining is in 1 Samuel 18, where God sends an evil spirit to torment Saul. I have read many explanations as to why the spirit could not have been evil because God has nothing to do with evil and it cannot be read as such. Again, call it whatever you like, but the Bible says evil. I listened to a video recently where a professor was speaking to his students. The students asked the question, 
If God did not create evil, where did it come from? The pastor put his head down for a few seconds, then started babbling about evil did not exist until Satan introduced it, and then it was passed down from Adam. He never answered the question, and when he was done, I asked myself, what did he just say? His answer was so incoherent that I took a moment to try to remember how the question was worded. Did he really not know what God said? Or was he trying to protect God's image? Who, by the way, needs no protection or cover-up? I hear people talk about how God has, has given us the ability to love, feel pain and hurt. But when you mention the word evil, oh, no, 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 no. God did not give you the ability to sin. And if this attribute called evil came from Satan, he had to acquire it from his creator. Whether it is a thing, an emotion, or an attribute, it all came from God. And he says so in his word. It seems like it is mandatory for some teachers to deny every scripture that says God created evil or evil creatures. They just don't want to believe that a good and holy God could create anything that causes evil. So the answer to them, it seems, is to deny what God says and create doctrine or reasons why we should ignore what the Bible says. There are three explanations that I have heard when the subject of God creating evil comes up. One theory is that since God has no evil in him, he cannot create it. So the origin of evil or sin must be placed on the creature rather than the creator. This way, the creature is responsible for everything and the creator is responsible for nothing. The false doctrine that Satan was created good and somehow he gave himself the ability to create his own attributes and become evil helps to deny that God created evil. This theory contradicts the fact that God is in control and it holds no water when we remember that God says Satan was a murderer from the beginning and that he created all entities which include evil spirits and principalities. Another theory is God only created good. And evil is just the absence of good, meaning all people are created good, but some people have less goodness than others. Well, we need to give this lack of goodness a name. And guess what it is? It's evil. This theory contradicts the scripture where God says, for all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like filthy garments. One other theory is that God allows evil to exist alongside good. Well, who created this option for evil? If we have free will, there must be options. We know God says we have blessings and curses. We know that there is good and bad, and we know there is light and dark. So to have an option 
To good, there must be evil. No matter what arguments have been put forth regarding this issue, it is true that evil exists in this world. God created evil, so get over it. He is also responsible for his creation, even though there are those that fumble, trip, and stutter, trying to deny what God says. It is an undeniable truth. After asking many people why they blame Satan, I never get a biblical answer or, you know, it's just an opinion. God created Adam, and Adam was not a creator. The same is true of Satan. Satan can't create anything by himself. But we know that they were both doomed to sin. God gave man something called this free will. He did not want us to be robots. He wanted to give us a choice to love him or not. Not only can we choose to love, he gave us the propensity for sin and good. He has given us the choice to choose whenever he allows and whatever he allows. As for Satan, he was created evil from the very beginning to do a specific job. I want to take us down a small rabbit trail since I mentioned free will. People will tell you that God will not override man's free will. I do not believe free will is the ability to choose whatever we want. It is actually the ability to choose from the options that God provides. I am sure there are other examples, but most people have heard the story about Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the fish. I'm going to summarize this story about Jonah. It was a time during which a prophet named Jonah was giving the word of God to the Israelites. The Lord spoke to Jonah saying, go to Nineveh and preach to the people because their wickedness rises up before me. But Jonah did not want to preach to the people of Nineveh. They were enemies of Israel and he wanted them to die for their sins instead of turning back to God. So Jonah decided he would not go where God told him to go, and he took a ship for another city. Of course, the Lord saw Jonah on the ship and sent a great storm up on the sea, and the ship seemed as though it was going to split in pieces. The sailors threw everything off the ship and started praying while Jonah was fast asleep. But the storm continued to rage around the ship. And they grew suspicious of Jonah, asking, why is he so calm? So they asked him why he had brought trouble to them. Jonah told them the story and that he was fleeing from God. They wanted the sea to calm down, so Jonah told them, just throw me overboard and the sea will become calm. They did not want to do it, but they had no choice and they threw him overboard into the sea. Then the Lord caused a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was alive within the fish for three days and three nights. In the fish, Jonah cried out to the Lord and the Lord caused the great fish to throw him on dry land. 
Jonah knew he had to do what God told him to do. Did he really have a choice? He went to the city of Nineveh as God told him. The people listened and believed the word of the Lord and turned away from their sins. Did God respect Jonah's free will or did Jonah end up doing what God told him to do? There was only one option for Jonah to choose. Something I want you to think about. If God did not intervene or violate our free will, no one would ever be saved. We are free to choose whatever options the Lord provides. We are enslaved to sin until God changes our hearts. Do we change our hearts or does he change our hearts? Scripture tells us that we would never choose Christ as our savior unless God changes the will of a person. We have free will as long as it, as long as it does not violate God's will for our lives. He may allow you to mess up, but if you belong to him, you will end up just where he wants you. Okay, end of the rabbit trail, and let's get back to our subject matter. There are four things that God spoke that we are not aware of, or we have just dismissed. One is, God said he created us to glorify him. He said he will not share his glory with any idols, and he wants an offering from us. Well, let's define what glorify and offering means. Glorify is to praise, worship, and magnify him in everything that we do. He wants an offering of our hearts as part of the worship, meaning obedience, submission, and devotion. I need every one of you to ask yourself a question. Are you glorifying God in your life? If he created you for a purpose and you do not serve that purpose, does he really need you? The second one is God said he created everything. I don't know why people continue to dismiss this, but he created Satan and every living entity. First, we must acknowledge that God is all powerful and could destroy Satan if he desired to do so. But since he has not destroyed him, there must be a reason for his existence that ultimately serves as part of God's perfect plan for humanity. Do you really believe that God cannot remove Satan? If so, you don't know God. The third one is, he gave us choices. He said, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life so that you may live. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, our problem is we make choices and decisions, and then we blame God if it's the wrong one. The fourth one is he said he created evil and the way to conquer evil is through our relationship with Jesus Christ, 
who gave his life for us so that we can have life ourselves. I believe that some of our confusion concerning God's expectations can be cleared up if we really took the time to understand these four principles. God wants a relationship, not a religion. If we were all created happy, successful, healthy, and wealthy, would we really need God? Would we have a reason to praise and worship him if we had perfect lives? Without adversity, there would be no need to know him or have a relationship with the creator who has the power to change our circumstances. I need to say this again because some people are really missing it. If we were all created happy, successful, healthy, and wealthy, would you need God? Would you have a reason to praise and worship him if you had perfect lives? And that is why he created us, to worship him. You got to get this right, guys. Did that really sink in? Let's look at how sin started for mankind. Many of you that have children can relate to this. When you tell them not to do something or touch something, out of curiosity or snooping, they do it anyway. Call it whatever, but ultimately, they were disobedient. I want to take you back to Genesis, the story of Adam and Eve and that tempting fruit in the garden. Remember that tree called the knowledge of good and evil that God put in the middle of the garden? There were many trees in that garden for Adam and Eve to eat from, but he put this one right in the middle and tells them, don't touch that one. I have often asked myself why God would put that tree in the garden if he didn't want them to touch it, and why would he put emphasis on it? He told them that if they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would die. They were told what not to do and were given its consequences if they did. Okay, then comes along this crafty, cunning serpent with a mission. His mission was to tempt Eve and see how she takes the bait. Satan deceives Eve by suggesting that they would not die, but be more like God if they ate from the tree called the knowledge of good and evil. They allowed Satan to put doubt in their minds and offered them something that they desired. Centuries have not changed mankind. We now live in a world full of people trying to be like God or desiring spiritual knowledge. Fast forward, Satan's mission, it hasn't changed. He does the same thing today that he did at the beginning of mankind. He places doubt in our minds and always trying to get us to step out of line in search of something more instead of waiting on God. Eating the fruit was maybe the first sin of disobedience. God gave them a choice, and they chose to disobey. Now they had experienced good and evil, and soon the consequences 
which was a spiritual death, separation from God was going to take place. Take note of this. The tree was called knowledge of good and evil. We are told God did not create evil. Well, who planted the tree? The Bible says God created all living things. Listen, I'm ahead of you. For those that say God planted the tree, but Satan touched it and it became evil. Didn't God know about the tree having evil? Wasn't it he who warned who warned Adam and Eve? Don't you think God had a part in this tragedy? He does not need anyone to make excuses or create doctrine to dismiss his part. He is sovereign and says his ultimate will will always be done. We talk about God being omnipotent, all-powerful, and knowing the past, the present, and the future. Do you really believe God did not know that they were going to be disobedient? Could God have stopped them? Yes. But apparently it was not God's will to stop them. Could God just have punished Adam and Eve? Yes, he could have. But he decided that sin would cripple all mankind and separate all of us from him. Why? Hmm. Because now we have a choice to accept or deny him. To accept him requires the purging of sin. So what does he do? He already had a creature called Satan to help with that end. Those that deny God do so on their own accord. It is his perfect will that we choose him and not be forced to love him. There is a passage that we are not taught because it would destroy that doctrine that says God did not create evil. It is in Romans 8 verses 20 through 22. And this is what it says. For the creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. I want you to read it for yourselves, but I'm going to explain exactly what it says. It was God himself who subjected the whole creation to uselessness, futility. He didn't ask anyone's permission before he did it. He decided the consequences would be for all mankind. It is only God himself who will deliver the whole creation, which is mankind, from the bondage of corruption, pain, and suffering. Satan didn't do it. Adam didn't do it. God did. And only God can change it. Make no mistake about it. God created the situation we are in and takes full responsibility for the temporary failures of creation and will also take full credit and glory for the successes. God decided that all humans would inherit a sinful nature separating us from him. 
We can't change what happened in the garden, nor can we appeal to God to remove its consequences. But he did provide a plan of redemption. A decision was made before creation that we would have a savior that would restore our relationship with him. He also created Satan, who would serve as part of God's redemptive plan through Jesus Christ. As we restore our relationship with God, we will fulfill our purpose in creation to glorify him, not to glorify ourselves. As we are sifted and pruned, know that God is with us in our most difficult times of pain and hardship. His love and forgiveness are unconditional and unwavering. He has a plan and a purpose for all of us and sent his only son to teach and lead us to a life without sin. Jesus came to change men's hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he does this for those who will turn from evil and call on him to save them from the consequences of sin. He is your mediator with God, your deliverer, your healer, and the source to eternal life. Again, his name is Jesus. As we move forward in this series, we will learn more about Satan's strategies, his army, and how to win our battles and claim victory. Stay tuned. If you would like to receive teachings, emails, and notifications, subscribe, like us, or go to our website at www.exposingtruth.org. We also ask that you support this ministry so that we can continue to teach the truth by exposing the lies of Satan. Stay awake and informed. And again, keep us alive through your support. This is Pastor D. Bowers with Exposing Truth Ministries.